we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hey, 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 hey! Go, Jamie! Go, Jamie! Go, Jamie! But I have to plug into the mic one second. Okay. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the new miniseries, part of the First Do No Harm podcast, Through the Lens of Black Lives Matter. This has been a big undertaking of mine for the past couple of months. I have some phenomenal guests. There's a lot of understanding to come from this because as it is, there's a lot of confusion as to why things are happening, how they're happening, and we can't fully understand until we take a second, take a step back, sit down, and try to understand where people are coming from, where this pain is coming from, where this anger is coming from. From. So I'm not going to do a whole lot more of intro on this particular episode because I feel like it really speaks for itself and it is on content that is very, very important because the protests are happening. It feels like every couple of days we're hearing about another murder that has happened either at the hands of the citizens of this country or by police officers. I also want to give a little bit of warning that the language in this podcast can be very offensive for some. So if it's something that you don't tolerate well, um, then maybe this episode of the podcast is not for you. If you have young children that you don't want them to listen to profanity, then maybe you should listen to this episode while you're getting ready and your kids asleep or before you go to bed at night. But just wanted to let you know so that there were no real surprises. Enjoy. Without further ado, I would like to welcome you and introduce you to a wonderful, amazing nurse friend of mine, Nurse Q. Thanks for hopping on here. Man, I always love talking to you. You are such a ray of sunshine into my life, into the podcast. (laughs) So before we really get started, I want you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. And I also want you to tell people where they can find you because after this, they're going to want to look you up. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's an intro if there ever were one. So uh, my name is Swadik Mayancha, but you guys can call me Q. And um, I'm a nurse. I'm a travel nurse. Uh, Long story short, been a nurse. I was a nurse two years, became a travel nurse, been travel nursing ever since. I've been a nurse for, uh, for four years. Um, travel nursing is a goddamn shit. Well, raised in South Africa, born in South Africa, raised in Boston, Massachusetts. And now I am travel nursing in California, Sacramento Ooh. specifically. Um, and what was the second question? Tell me, oh, where you guys can find me. Oh, this is easy, right? For those listening, just tell Jamie that you want me to come back. I'm done with my own YouTube channel. The only place <laughs> oh, I would really? suggest- Oh, really? I yeah, loved I'm, your YouTube channel. And I appreciate it. <sighs> it's just, it's too much energy. And And I've been doing this uh, uh, podcast about uh, movies with a best friend. Mm. So that's something I've been doing. Um, but if you want to find me, if you're listening to this and you want to find me, you DM Jamie, you inbox Jamie, you email Jamie, and you say, Jamie, bring Q back as soon as possible. That's the next place you can find me. Um, but seriously, Q the nurse on Instagram. 
that's probably the only place I'll be posting me stuff outside of coming here and hanging out with Jamie. Fantastic. Okay, Q, I'm going to give you a little quiz. Yeah. All right. Yeah. White or black? Whose family income? I'm going to give you some statistics. Okay. Whose median family income was 71000 and whose family income was 41000 2018 statistics. And this is the average? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with white being 71. You are correct. So, <laughs> so, so the black American family, their average income was $30,000 less a year than the white American family. All right. Let's look at unemployment rates in April of 2020. This was, these were the statistics then. Unemployment rate, rate sorry. White Americans or black Americans? Our two numbers are 14.2%. And sixteen point seven percent. Always better on black. I'm going black with a sixteen, right? Was you it? are correct. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as of April twenty twenty, the uh, Black American they were at sixteen point seven percent unemployment rate, while the White Americans were at fourteen point two. Okay, let's look at the poverty rate. So the last that I could find in the Census Bureau was in 2018. So we have two rates. One is 8.1% mm. and one was 20.8%. So let's just look at the big number, 20.8%. Do you think that belongs to the black American or the white Americans? Once you go black, you never go back. We're going with black. Yeah, and did you know that the national average was 11.8%? Jeez and boy. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay, so how about nowadays, COVID-19? Mm. Who makes up a larger share of the COVID-19 deaths? Do you think that the largest belongs to the Black Americans or the white Americans? See, this is where things get tricky because I know that there's a lot more white people in this country. So I'm going to go on the limb here. I'm going to say that the white folks are making a larger share of the deaths just on sheer numbers. You were incorrect, but- Oh my God. You were correct, however, that the, I think I looked up the other day that as of July, 2020, white Americans take up, I don't know, 73% while black Americans take up around 14% of the country. Mm. But yet, uh, while they only, they only take up 14% of the country, majority of the deaths belong to the black Americans. That hurts a lot. Yeah. That well, one hurts. It that does. It does. I, I think, I mean, there are a lot of issues you have to look at. Um, predisposed health conditions. I think you have to look at the socioeconomic standings of people a lot of times too. Uh, people who take public transportation. Um, oh yeah. Access to healthcare alone. Yeah. Just oh, that my alone. Gosh, yes. You know, uh, I hate I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I hate those numbers the worst. It's because as a healthcare worker, you like work in the hospital and everything seems so you know how we have a protocol and there's like a checklist for everything we do in the hospital. I just find it really difficult and really disheartening that 
we have checklists on how you're supposed to do everything in the hospital. But for some reason, either we're not doing the checklist when it comes to black Americans, or we just say, fuck it, and we don't even take care of them, right? Mm -hmm. So especially when it comes to healthcare, because I know how it functions. And if there is a difference between black and white, it is, I mean, I don't see um, um, outside of like a disdain or disrespect or systemic racism. I don't see how it's possible that those numbers can be a real number um, without racism, racism being a legitimate factor in healthcare. Real it's sad, thing. but it's true. Yeah, yeah, it is. Gosh, the 116th Congress, which came into session after the 2018 midterm election, which mm -hmm. was the first time I ever voted. Congrats. Yeah. And that was the most diverse ever. It's good to hear. Yeah. So only 57 of the current 535 voting members of Congress were what? White or black? <laughs> 57 of 535. What do you think the population was made of? I'm going to go with black being 57. 57 of 535. Yeah, you're right. All right. Oh, Thanks awesome. for playing the game. Uh, you got all but one right. <laughs> Jesus Lord. I was on the streak, too. I was on the streak. I really wanted to talk about how it affected me. And like this, like, I've had videos with you. I mean, I think a year ago or even a year plus. Mm -hmm. we have I also wanted to spread the word to you that I opened up an Etsy shop that is full of acrylic paintings that I made. The name of the shop is Hope for human kindness. It's all one word. Go check it out. And if you like the work, make sure you share with your friends and let them know about it too. I had a heart to heart conversation about Black Lives Matter and mm -hmm. what it means. And we talked about being transgender and all this stuff. So I'm, I keep up with this stuff, right? I really right. do keep up with this stuff. But I was washing the dishes um, two days ago in the kitchen, listening to the news about Jacob Blake and about this white kid who shot three protesters. Um, and just the way the different segments of news came up, it broke me to the core of who I am as a human being, Jamie. Let me explain this to you. I woke up in the morning, I did my, my regular degular thing, right? I'm washing dishes, the news is on. First comes up uh, um, a new segment on Jacob Blake who got shot in the back seven times while he was walking to his car. They talk about that and the segment, I don't know what news station it is. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's from the left, the right, Fox, MSNBC, TYT. I don't know who it is. I'm just doing the dishes and the news is in the background. The first segment is about him getting shot, right? And the entire thing is they're trying to understand what did he do wrong for the cop to go after him? What did he, why was he walking away? Why wasn't he listening to the cops? Why was he reaching inside of his car? That was the entire segment. The next segment comes up and it's about uh, that white kid, I don't know his name, who shot the three protesters. And the entire segment is about his constitutional right. Was he being attacked? Was it fair for him to get shot? I've never, Jamie, I've never mm -hmm. in my life been more angry that at that moment, I was, well, I remember this so clearly, washing a glass, like, baking pan thing and wanting to smash it across the room. I've never been that mad in how we can ask why a man who got sought seven times, what did he do wrong? While we ask why this white kid, how was he do protecting his um, constitutional right, right? I've never been more mad. And then that third segment came up. The third segment being about Jacob Blake's kids. And I swear to God, Jamie, I buckled in the knees. 
I could not move. I was shattered. They saw they when I saw the kids on the news thing, I was a broken human being. I could not move. I came to my room. I was crying, tears. Like I've never felt this much anger, rage, sadness, frustration. I called my sister. I called T- uh, Tina, um, and then I put on my rollerblades and just started rollerblading. But I've never been that hurt. And I think, and it's crazy. It's crazy to me, right? Because in that moment, I was like, there are people in this world that do not see us the same. They really mm-hmm. don't see us as equals as human beings because how can that happen? And it was just the, the way that I listened to the news, the segments, how it came one after the other that broke me. But I've never been more emotional in my life about Black Lives Matter, about racism, about anything like that up until two days ago. And that was the day I was like, I'm joining the Sacramento Black Lives Movement. I went on the Facebook group and now I'm part of the Sacramento Black Lives Matter team, group, chat, whatever. So my my takeaway with that, because obviously I, I feel like it's possible that I have a lot more diverse information that comes to me through my social media. Um, there There's so much that I think, and I've had conversations with multiple people uh, about both situations um, and the fact that Oh, there, there may have been a knife underneath the seat of the car or the floorboard or whatever. And for some reason, I always revert it back to being a nurse. And I know that it's definitely not the same, but I feel like right now, and again, I don't, I am not the person who knows everything. So I always try to put my, my feet in the shoes of people in situations, right? But I'm so frustrated too, because these people, and I know whenever they go out to work, they could lose their life, right? Okay. It's a thing. Don't you know how to not shoot someone seven times in the back? Like, don't, don't you have to take lessons on on i don't know aiming i don't even know what that's <laughs> called so it would be like me as a nurse be like hey so i have this drug that i need to give you uh it's an im drug which the general population would know but i'm gonna give it to you in your artery like it's so make sense it doesn't make sense yes. and for these people to say well but but they weren't abiding by the law well criminals are who supposed to work with so exactly. they're not going to abide by the law like i it, it would be like me becoming a nurse and be like hey i didn't know i was going to have to work with sick people <laughs> right yes you know that you're going to work with people who don't abide they are criminals they have warrants they have a past history the other thing that that i keep saying very loudly to people who who want to defend the police officers and there are times that the cops aren't wrong there are times that they have to defend themselves because their lives are in danger that is a thing that happens but i (laughs) i keep coming back to the place that they are not the judge jury and executioner their job as police officers they have to 
they have to bring down the situation. They have to bring this person in and you're innocent until proven guilty. Even if it's, even if they're super guilty to the police and there's only 25 states right now that they even believe in the death penalty, the most horrendous, gruesome crimes that happen in these other states, they don't get put to death. So when you may allegedly have trying to buy cigarettes with a, a fake $20 bill, you know what? You don't get to decide that this person deserves to die. To die. They, they get their right to go to trial. They get their right <clears throat> to be judged by their peers. And I think that that's what our country is forgetting that these people may not be perfect human beings and, and none of us are realistically, but the cops aren't the judges. The cops no. aren't the jury and they are taking away the rights of the people to, to get to have their day in court, to get to be proven guilty, you know? A hundred percent. And Jamie, you're right. And it, and it comes down to that. The, the first thing you said, yes, of course, we know that being a cop is not an easy job. But you signed up for it, right? It's, you don't get drafted. And it to be sucks. A cop, it really right? sucks sometimes. It does. It does suck, mm -hmm. right? But you knew that coming in, right? Your entire life, you know what cops do. They chase the bad guys. Yeah. They, t they lock up the bad guys, right? They go after the bad guys. That's what cops do. So yes, it is difficult. But you knew that going in. Mm -hmm. And I also think it is a power-hungry thing. Race does play a humongous thing. But I don't know if you saw that video of at a, one of the past protester, uh, protests, um, when this thing originally blew up with George Floyd, when they pushed that really old man and he cracked I his did. skull. Uh, I didn't even want to watch it. I don't know right? why I saw it. Like, it's, it's horrible. It, as much as a race thing as it is, it's also a power thing. Once you have that power, once they give you this gun, once they tell you that the person has to listen to you, what you say, when you say it, how you say it, and they have to do it exactly when you say it, the second, the minute, the, that someone doesn't, you feel like you have the right. And because you have all that power, you want to use it. So yes, race is a huge part of it, but it also is a mindset with these police officers. They have us all this power. They all have all this ammunition, all this, these guns and stuff, and they want to use it. And if they see someone that they don't consider equal, that is not listening to what they say, when they say it and how they say it, they want to pull out their gun and they want to use and flex those, 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 those muscles. They want to use that power. And a lot of times they feel like they have the possibility to use and get away with that uh, power when it comes to a black uh, man and woman. I'm just so confused because of that young kid that you were talking about, the 17 year old who like crossed state lines because he wanted to defend the business of a different state in a different town that he wasn't a part of, that he wasn't legally able to have an open carry and he nice. looked like a very very young kid i can't comprehend he even had a conversation with police officers prior to him taking the lives of multiple people this is the person that they see with an ar-15 and they don't say hey can i can i see your permit i wonder what it would be like if it was the same thing with a 15 year old black boy right Oof. i mean they a, a little kid that was eight years old toy gun and nice. someone called the cops and said someone has a gun i think it's a juvenile and they pulled up on this kid 
and he pulled out a toy gun and supposedly he pointed it at the cops and they killed him. But not the 17-year-old. They arrested him and they were giving him water while he was sitting on the sidewalk. Comparing those two situations is, it's so enraging, right? Yeah. Tamir Rice, I know exactly what you're talking about. He was at a park playing mm-hmm. with a toy gun. Mm-hmm. He did not shoot any human I used being. to have there some. Was no, right? There was yeah. no hectic issue situation going around mm-hmm. around this person. The cop comes out, gets out of his car, in less than eight seconds, shoots this kid to death. Yeah. To death. This homeboy yesterday, or this past weekend, is at a protest rally. There's gunshots firing everywhere. He shoots three people, walks towards the police officers with his hands up. Uh, the gun is standing right there. People are running behind him, screaming, he killed someone, and they let him drive home that night and picked him up the day after. The day after. It's... Mm-hmm. How? How can you compare and how can you say that racism isn't a thing if you just look at those two situations? You're right. It's insane. It's insane. And I know I just went in this whole rant about it's a power thing and not a race thing. I'm saying it's both. I'm saying that the power is the thing that they want to use at all times. But and then they choose to use that power when it comes to black folks because they think they could get away with it. And the reality is they can, and they have been getting away with it for years and years and years. And that's why people keep screaming, Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, because those motherfuckers are still out there. They're just hanging out. They're just regular people. The the dude who got shot by two civilians, um, the the guy that was running, Ahmaud Arbery. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I messed up his name, but those were two civilians. It took them weeks to go pick up these two civilians. One of them was a retired right. cop, cop or some shit. It's insane. It's insane. I'm also interested with, so the other thing that gets me, and I, I, I hear your passion, and I completely, I understand. I hear what you're saying. But the other thing is, they are so quick to try to pull up how this person was not a perfect human being, right? Like, oh, There were pictures of him looking at, I don't know, like foreclosed homes or what, whatever, but he wasn't a criminal. This wasn't the same situation. Like what, what are you trying to get at? It comes down to you are a human being, period, end of story. And I believe that all people have the right to the attempt to be rehabilitated. Even, I mean, there's all different levels and degrees, but- we're all human. We deserve human rights. Right. And to be seen as a person, as a human being and not an animal, I think that is basic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the bringing up of people's past, that really <laughs> crystallized for me when they were talking about George Floyd, because George Floyd legitimately went to jail. George Floyd legitimately did some really bad, disgusting things in his life. Right. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he did. And he mm-hmm. went to jail that he served his time for it. And you can judge him for that the way you want to judge him for that. But to bring that up, to bring up his past mistakes, when we're talking about why he got choked out for eight minutes and 48 seconds and 46 seconds, I don't, that's not the time I want to talk about his past. Right now, I want to talk about who, why does this cop think he have, has the right to choke someone out in the middle of daytime, knowing people are recording him and just stand there with no care in the world. So bringing up people's past is another really great point that you bring up because they do it every single goddamn time. Every time. time. And it doesn't fucking matter. 
right? Let's talk about what, what we're talking about right now, and hopefully we can move forward. And yes, if the, if the man is still alive, if the man, you bring him to court, then you can bring up all the past bullshit you want, and you can let the judge and the jury decide what we're going to do with someone who has a fuck, fucked up past. You don't get to choose right there and then if you're going to kill him or not and say right. he had a bad past anyways. That's why we have the checks and balances going on exactly. in our whole legal system. If, yeah. <laughs> that whole issue, he already served those consequences. Right. Like he's already been there. He paid his penance. He did what he was legally bound to do. And you're still saying that he doesn't have the right to survive because you think he may have a counterfeit $20 bill. <laughs> That's right. worth a human life. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. People want to minimize that a family is mourning, that a person is paralyzed, that a person, that children are now going to have this trauma at the forefront of their lives. And I mean, even when we're talking about children, I know a year or two ago, <laughs> this uh, black woman went in with her little, her little baby on her hip. I think the baby was like maybe three years old, went into the dollar store. The baby grabbed a Barbie doll and went out and they were like holding this woman at oh gunpoint God. for stealing, for stealing. The baby had it, something worth a dollar and made her get down and she was pregnant with another child. And these are the situations that are here and they're real. And so when people want to to say all lives matter and people want to say blue lives matter. For me, the way that I see the whole black lives matter movement is I, I feel like we left off a part is that it is black lives matter too. Exactly. black lives matter as well, because realistically in this country, black lives matter, but they don't matter as much as the general population and so it's just a, a push to be civil is a push to be i don't know seen as a person just as much as everybody else um jamie first of all i have to say a couple of things uh before we wrap this up number one your hair it's beautiful oh You're thanks shining, girl. You're shining. <laughs> i like the purple i like the purple um second of all um this I, I know it sounds silly or it, it seems like, what is that going to do? Like share, I don't even know what you call this miniseries. It's a voice from this the miniseries. Mini yeah. You said uh, through the lens of through Black the Lives lens. Matter. Through the lens. Um, and I know that comes off as like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? Is that going to do anything? But I need to let say, first of all, thank you to you, Jamie, for making this a possibility and choosing me for someone who could be a part of this miniseries. But more importantly, I think it is super important. And when I did have that moment where I broke down and I felt like the worst human being possible and it, all of that Black Lives Matter and the police violence and all of the systemic racism hit me all at once in the face, what got me out of that hole is listening to Black voices. I listened mm -hmm. to Cornell West. I listened to a, a talk he did in California. Um, and it was fantastic. It was one of the greatest things that I've ever listened to. And he explained... Um, the feelings that I've had and I didn't have the words to explain in such a beautiful and concise way. Um, uh, I'll post it somewhere and you guys go check it out. Um, but more importantly, after I did that, I told you I went rollerblading. I put my mm -hmm. headphones on. 
um, and I just turned on the Black Lives Matter playlist on Apple Music and the Black Lives Matter playlist on YouTube. And I was just jamming out the entire day to just Black Lives Matter music, entertainment and all that stuff. And I know it's corny. And I know even if you can't do much, all I'm saying is listen to either of those playlists because you are going to understand how black people feel in the range of feelings, right? You listen to a song like, um, like Fuck the Police from NWA and you can understand, yes, fuck the police. I'm really upset. I'm really fucking mad. And then you listen to a song um, like Black or White by Michael Jackson on the same pl playlist because there's hope, right? You can feel and understand mm -hmm. the hope. And then you'll hear Otis Redding and then you'll hear um, Kendrick Lamar and then you'll hear Beyonce. And it's like, you feel the pain, the struggle, the upset, like you feel it, you hear it, and you understand it through music, through voice, through uh, an actual talk. And like, if there's anything you can do at home, please do it, donate, spend your time, go to a march, whatever you can to do that. And if you can't, if you can't do any of the above, at, le at least do what Jamie's trying to do and listen through black voices. If that is listening to this podcast and listening to someone actually talk about the issues, that's one way. Or you could just listen to music and just jam out or listen to art from a black person and just try to understand where they're coming from. And it definitely helps. And it brought my anger to a place of, all right, I'm upset. I can't do anything now. And I'm hopeful because we can do something different. And that's the day I texted. Jamie asked me to do this a while ago. I texted her that day and I was like, I'm ready. Let's do it. These are the things I want to talk about because I'm like, there's only whatever we can do is talk about it and hope for these things to get better. And a great way to at least understand what us black people, um, feel is by just listening and you can do that in any of the ways I just explained. You are fantastic. And thank you so much for getting on here and I don't know, just being you, you, you are such, like I said earlier, you're such an energy that I love being around and I love talking to and, and, and thanks for being a part of such an important thing. Huge that needs to be out here in this world and that I, I think can make a difference. I just wanted to leave you with the last little bit of information that came out because I know that these protests, a lot of people believe because of the media that it's very violent with the looting and the riots all that are happening. But according to the ACLED, and that stands for Armed Conflict Location and Event Data, and BDI, BDI stands for Bridging Divides Initiative, 93% of the Black Lives Matter protests have been peaceful. Do you know that? 93% is a large amount. I think it's funny that people who say that you shouldn't listen to one mainstream media in regards to COVID or even politics, sometimes they just see one building burning on the news and they run with it. And they begin to believe that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. I'll post the link so you can check it out for yourself. And I look forward to talking to you again next week.